on the Jacob Viewer Show, I am so happy to have on General Charlie Duke, um, who flew to the moon on Apollo 16 and spent about 71 hours there, if I'm correct. That's correct. Mm -hmm. So my first question is, um, you know, you graduated valedictorian. What kind of got you interested in the military at the time where your career started? Uh, my uh, dad was in the Navy during World War II. And uh, uh, I can, uh, I was six years old when Pearl Harbor uh, occurred. And so I remember, uh, some have so many memories about the uh, sacrifices and the uh, a dedication that uh, my dad and millions of others had. So uh, that motivated me to get, uh, uh, so later on after the war, uh, I just decided that, that I wanted to be like my dad, be in the military. And he was Navy, so I volunteered for the Naval Academy and uh, got an appointment, passed exams. And then I got to the Naval Academy and fell in love with airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> and, awesome. Yeah. And back then there wasn't any, uh, uh, wasn't an Air Force Academy. So uh, you could, uh, the rules were that you could volunteer up to 25% of West Point and Annapolis. Each class uh, could volunteer for the Air Force. And it was a very popular option. And I decided I wanted to fly for the Air Force instead of the, uh, the Navy. Uh, didn't particularly like sea duty and flying for the Navy, you're going to be aboard a carrier a lot. So uh, uh, Air Force seemed to be the right place. So that's what got me into the Air Force in 1957. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, after you ended up becoming a general, um, what kind of got you interested? Of course, um, af after you had gotten chosen, we'd gone through the Mercury program. Um so you're kind of like in that second, third, fourth group of astronauts there in the 60s. Um, what was it like being selected and training um, once you found out you did Capcom on Apollo 11, if I'm correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. Uh, well, uh, when I got, there wasn't a space program when I started in 57, uh, became a fighter pilot, went to Germany uh 1959, and that was the year the first group of astronauts was selected. And I didn't think much about the astronaut program then because I was too young and too inexperienced. And uh, so I was enjoying my job. And in 1961, uh, Jürgen Gagarin flew. And then um, Alan Shepard flew a few weeks later. Kennedy announced the Apollo program. And I said, wow, that's, that's really something. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, so the Air Force sent me back to MIT for a master's degree. And there I met some astronauts and uh, they were really motivated guys and uh, so enthusiastic. So I asked them, I said, how did I get that job? And they, they advised me to get my degree, of course, and then volunteer for test pilot school. And so that's what I did. And the uh, rest is history. Got picked and. uh uh, started the process in uh, September of 1965, and uh, uh, we were selected, our group was selected in April 1966. And uh, the, then uh, the, you came into the astronaut office, but uh, they they basically spent a couple of months bringing you up to speed about the NASA culture and nomenclature and 
we did a lot of geology training and um, classroom stuff and then field work. And so in case you got selected to go to the moon, they wanted you to be a fairly competent geologist. You were trained. Yeah. And of course, only one geologist, not a person serving the military, had walked on the moon, which was Harrison Schmidt on Apollo 17 with Gene Cernan. Um, So what was it kind of like once you got to the moon? um, What was the best memory? Um, Of course, we had been there on Apollo 11, Apollo 12, Apollo 14, and Apollo 15. They had done the the, um, dune buggy on Apollo 15 and then you got to do it on Apollo 16 I know you get asked a lot of questions what would you say is something that was the most memorable to you though um you did if I recall and I've seen this on some sites you have you left a photo of your family on the moon what would you say was the best thing that you did while you were there you were there for a couple of days you know Armstrong and them were there for about two and a half hours you were there for 71 hours so what was memorable Well, there were a lot of memories. I think the probably most memorable was landing. Uh, we were six hours late landing, and the fact that Net, uh, NASA gave us a go for landing uh, with the problem we had in the uh, command module was, uh, to me, remarkable. Uh, when we had to abort the landing, and uh, it was six-hour wait before we got to land, uh, uh, that was a downer, uh, but mission control came through, and and then the dynamics and the excitement of landing was uh, was probably the highlight, I think, of the lunar stay. And then once you got on the moon, the beauty, uh, the excitement, the joy, the wonder, the awe uh, of it all was uh, it never it never I never lost any of that. It was just a, a excitement for the whole seventy two hours we were on the surface. Wow. Yeah. And then a question I just have real quick about the lunar module before I ask um, what advice you'd have. Um, Somebody told me, a guy who flew on Virgin Galactic, and he wanted me to ask you this question. The lunar module had a pilot restraint system that consistent of um, food stirrups, if I'm correct, as well as cables provided. Um, Was there any downsides or mechanical things that you wish would have gone differently, or would you say it all went pretty well as planned with the lunar module? Uh, we had an over. Uh, we had one uh, problem when we were powering up. Uh, we had uh, two uh, reaction control systems, and I forgot which one it was. But we, we uh, the regulator failed, and so it was overpressurizing, and we had to shut it down. Uh, but that was, uh, and we were able to balance uh, the pressures uh, throughout the flight. Uh, thanks to the mission control advising us when to turn on, when to turn off, and stuff like that. Uh, that, that was probably, uh, uh, I don't uh, recall any other problems we had except a deployment of the uh, uh, Apollo Lunar Surface Experiments Package. And uh, I was working on the uh, heat flow uh, uh, experiment drilling some holes into the moon for these probes and uh, and as I was doing that John was around working around the uh, uh, central station which was the, the, the power source and the, and the, um, uh, the collection of the data and the antennas to send it to earth and he got tangled up and accidentally got tangled up in a um, one of the cables and 
uh, pulled it loose, and that happened to be my ex uh, heat flow experiment. So we lost that. And uh, but it was uh, no fault of his. Uh, you don't can't see your feet, and that around the the uh, that uh, that module, if you will, where the data came in, it was just a spaghetti of of cables, and uh, so it's just sad that that happened. But uh, that was probably the the only thing that was, I would say, a downer uh, during the 72 hours. The rest of the time, everything went really, really well. The car worked great. We had a great time driving and riding. I, I was the navigator. John drove all the time. So uh, <laughs> that's the way we had practiced. Interesting. And then um, two last questions. Sorry, I just want to sneak one in. What was it like on the way back home? Um, if I'm correct, TK Thomas had ended up doing an EVA in deep space. How how does that kind of happen when you're, I guess, what was that experience like? Of course, you were inside the module for that, but what what was that experience like? Just seeing somebody well, I, get out of a capsule when you're still pretty far from Earth and you're not in low Earth orbit doing it? Well, it was uh, a little bit different uh, than than you were relating. Uh, I was not in the capsule. Manly got out first, and he started back towards the back end of the service module. And my job was to tend to his uh, oxygen, his uh, safety uh, communications bundle. And so I floated out uh, and I was to uh, hook my feet. And so I hooked my feet on the side of the hatch. And so I'm out basically outside with him and looking down the spacecraft and watching him go hand over hand. And I've got it's this bundle of uh, cables and uh uh, it was spectacular. I looked over to the right above the hatch and down to my lower right was the earth. And it was still 150,000 miles away or so. And, uh, and so it was a little thin sliver of blue and white. And um, it was just spectacular. The sun was up in this position of, above us, but you couldn't look at the sun. It was too bright. And I said, well, where's the moon? And I turned around and looked uh, over my left shoulder and there was this enormous, almost full moon over, over in the upper port. And that was very dramatic. And everywhere else, it was just this black of space. And, wow. So we were, I was outside about an hour and uh, Maddie, then I came back inside and he started feeding these, uh, he had two big film canisters that he had to, haul back in and so i'm i received those as he pushed them into the into the hatch and uh gave them over to john and then uh then after that manningly went out to about uh, on a pole about 10 feet above the hatch to do a biological experiment and uh, i recall and uh so i was just watching all of this and it was a pretty spectacular <laughs> yeah i can imagine yeah. Only 24 people have ever experienced leaving low Earth orbit and only 12 people have ever walked on the moon. So pretty spectacular. And then the last thing I kind of want to close with is what advice would you have? Um, or if if you had like any things you wish that you would have done while you're at the moon, what would you kind of say? Um, so I guess it's kind of a little two-part question to close out on. What advice would you have? And maybe what would have you done differently if there would be anything that you would have done differently in your um, years as an astronaut? Well, I don't think I would have changed my career at all. I was always doing something I liked. 
And I think that's very important. Uh, uh, don't get fixed on uh, a one subject in, in your education that you think is going to get you to the astronaut program. For instance, you, well, I got to be a physicist because a lot of physicists at NASA. Well, there's a lot of medical doctors too at NASA and, and astronaut program. A lot of just plain engineers at, uh, at NASA. And so uh, I tell everybody that if you, if you want a successful career, uh, find a subject that you love to study and you, love, you would love to work in that field. And uh, that will give you satisfaction. If it leads to the space program, more power to you. But if it leads to another type of career, uh, more power to you. It's just going to be, you're going to have a satisfying career. So find a subject and a field of study that you enjoy. Uh, if you, I tell everybody, if you, you hate physics, but you think, well, I got to be a physicist to get to the astronaut program. Well, you get your degree in physics and then they cancel all those space programs. Well, you're stuck. You got a degree that you don't like and a field you don't like, and, and you were thinking it's going to get you the space program, and there's no space program. So what do you sure. do? So, so, so uh, I think uh, it's important to pick a, sub, a field of study that you like, and no matter where your career ends up, uh, you're going to be satisfied with what you're doing. Interesting. Well, I appreciate you so much coming on Jacob Beer's show today. Is there anything else that you'd like to say? Oh, Jacob, I'm just uh, pleased uh, to be with you and uh, uh, hope that our conversation uh, helps to encourage and uh, influence uh, a lot of folks uh, as they uh, begin to, uh, your age, begin to formulate their career and their plans. So uh, God bless you all. Thank you very much. For sure. Thank you so much, General Duke. Okay. Good to be with you.